good, everybody? This is Propaganda Anonymous, and you are tuned in to the Propanon Podcast. Join me as I explore topics discussed in the work of Robert Anton Wilson and interview some of the coolest people in the world. What do we talk about on the Propanon Podcast? We talk story. We talk symbolic anthropology, crime and criminology, alternative reality games and UFOs. We talk conspiracy theory, comedy, comic books and quantum physics, liberation theology, negative theology, terrorism and music, sex, magic and drugs, psychedelics, housing and love. This is the Propanon Podcast. Tune in. Open your fucking ears, jackass. All right, everyone, we are here. This is the Propanon Podcast. What's good? I hope you are doing very well out there wherever you are listening to this. And uh, this interview today is with uh, the legendary Lon Milo Duquette. For those who are familiar with, uh, say, the Western esoteric tradition, uh, you probably have heard of Lon Milo. He is a leading uh, teacher of the occult. Uh, he's written uh, so many great books, roughly 20 of them, translated into about 12 different languages. My favorite of his is his memoir, My Spirit, My Life with the Spirits, which reminds me a lot of uh, the work of Robert Anton Wilson, uh, specifically uh, Wilson's Cosmic Trigger, Volume 1, as both books are uh, pay great special journalistic attention to detail in their recountings of their individual journeys through Chapel Perilous and and uh, what they find at the other side. So uh, that's one book I definitely recommend listeners to pick up. That's Lon Milo's book, My Life with the Spirits. But before I get ahead of myself, uh, very quickly, as I said, Lon Milo, is uh, he's a writer, a, a musician, a magician, and a leading teacher in all things occult. Uh, it was such a pleasure to sit down and, and speak with him. Uh, for this interview um, where he briefly gets into the importance of achieving the knowledge and conversation with one's holy guardian angel on this magical path if you are choosing to take this magical path. And uh, he does a great job of explaining the process of how you know one is supposed to both send out one's love but also receive love of one's holy guardian angel, which is great. And then afterwards, Lon breaks down uh, how to raise demons and how to get them to do some work for you like they did for Solomon. Without further ado, this is my interview with the great Lon Milo Duquette. People to access the tradition of, of magic to, I guess, make their lives more fun, yeah? And the, the, the one main way that seems to uh, be used in, in Crowley's system is the knowledge and conversation with the Holy Guardian Angel. And that seems to be the central tenet of Crowley's system. Um, I just find it always interesting how even that ritual seems to have, be fluid and has you know, changed and morphed through from uh, Abramelin the mage, how this person did this long extensive ritual to how Robert Anton Wilson did it with a cassette tape and LSD in a darkened room, you know, uh, with how you also work with the knowledge and conversation of Holy Guardian Angel. Uh, it, it's something that when it becomes so fluid of a, of a, of a exercise, what I always wonder is how do you, wh how, how do you ballast that? How do you know that 
you had that experience just from your own experience what 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 are your i know you answer this question so much but but like what do you think about it uh first of all uh just because a magical text is old uh doesn't mean that it, it's like a recipe book or if you follow it you'll get an apple pie at the end okay uh it's not like that every magic book that you you read whether it's talking about the holy guardian angel or or goishiki vocation or enochian magic or or any of it uh you have to remember all of it every one of them is one magician's experience or or maybe not even experience one magician's opinion or one magician's projected uh idea or uh, essay or a thesis and uh because magic is uh is a science that uh uh deals with consciousness nobody's no two people's consciousness uh uh machinery is alike okay and the best the best that we can do when we when we start to uh uh discuss the level of consciousness associated with the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel the best we can do is just search around for a vocabulary to discuss it and uh uh probably the most common vocabulary uh to discuss the holy guardian angel uh experience is provided us by uh uh, uh by the hindus uh, and it's a level of consciousness associated with the heart chakra and when you say heart chakra people all over the world goes ah i get that this that heart chakra opening. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get that. And uh, which is, in my opinion, absolutely uh, uh, accurate. It is uh, raising your point of view, your consciousness point of view, to that particular that particular level of the the heart heart chakra, anahat chakra, and uh, the that experience uh is almost universally uh described as uh a love feedback okay the the, the hindus have the 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 branch of yoga called bhakti yoga or yoga uh of devotion whereby the 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 simple act of of triggering your own latent machinery of consciousness uh to enable you to fall totally gaga insanely helplessly hopelessly in love with god so that you always see Krishna say, well, you love me in devotion. You love me. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Because 
we can learn how to fall in love or we can stumble into falling in love. And, and when we do so, it, it triggers uh, mechanisms in ourselves that is like, like uh, uh, when you adore something so intently that that something that you're adoring can take the place of the universal singularity of consciousness of existence itself. And you can call that a God and you can make that God attractive to you. Uh, like uh, for some people, uh, uh, the image of, a, of a, a goddess or a God or, or a, uh, a being of the sort of the opposite uh, uh, gender that we can be uh, uh, totally attracted to, or for some people it is the, the just the freaking love of beauty. Uh, some people can look into a dog's eyes and get that. I, I can worship God adoringly, a hundred percent in the eyes of this dog or spider or what or whatever. Uh, uh, or whatever you can do that with. Love is love, man. Love is love. And it's uh, every freaking cliche of love songs are absolutely cosmically correct. But it's so easy. It's so easy to fall in love. Okay. But that's only one part of the circuitry. That is only one polarity of the thing. It's easy to fall in love. It's more difficult to be loved. So you can send out your love ray. Sort of, you want to get the wheel of of the Anahat chakra going, and you can you can uh, uh, get it half going by being able to beam out your uh, your love ray but that's only one part of the of an alternating current that needs to alternate you have to be able to open up and receive that same intensity of love back from the deity or the beloved you not only have to unoccludedly send out the ray and then unoccludedly receive it back and when that happens the wheel starts to to turn it's like the when you hold a microphone up to an amplified speaker okay you get a feedback and it's usually a terribly screechy, loud, unpleasant feedback when you do it with sound. But a love feedback is the same thing. Once you've done that, you've hit the alternating current. It's the Kabbalist would say it's yod hey vav hey, hey vav hey yod. Okay, it's the ultimate electricity, the alternating current of, of existence. 
that is the level of consciousness uh, that's associated with the holy guardian angel. And everybody, well, let me say it this way, no two people can trigger that feedback the same way. And with, uh, uh, in 14 or the late 1300s, when, when uh, ever uh, Abraham the Jew was writing his uh, sacred magic of Abramel and the mage, look at what the consciousness of a Eastern European Jew was at that time. What would it take for that brilliant left hemisphere mind, what would it take for him to fall hopelessly gaga in love with the abstraction of the singularity of the universe. This guy was going to have to trick himself into that state of consciousness. And so for him, there was this entire systematic step-by-step acceleration of devotion that he had to slap his cold-hearted intellect into beating himself up in order to f- do this falling in love thing. And so whether it was uh, six months or nine months uh, or 18 months, uh, according to uh, probably more accurate translations, this guy was having to strip away the the left hemisphere, Ruachian, as in Ruach, the Kabbalistic uh, uh, level of, uh, or uh, part of the soul that's associated with the intellect, he was going to have to overcome that with a whole big process. He was going to have to get funky. Okay. He was going to have to fall in love. And, uh, and for him, it was almost a scientific a scientific uh, uh, procedure. Crowley saw that and said, okay, I see the formula of what he was what he's doing. I, I see what was going on there. Okay. He, you don't have to do 18 months. you know okay, you just have to do these few steps here. And if you're already uh, sort of a trained Kabbalistic, uh, 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 magician. Uh, this is how I could go about that in, say, uh, uh, 22 weeks or even 11 weeks. Uh, uh, but Crowley was almost more like Abramelin in what he had to overcome than Bob was, or even maybe as you or me would have to be, okay? Abramelin was really uptight and really, or Abraham the Jew was really uptight and really had to trick himself into it. Crowley was less uptight. And and uh, so, so his was uh, a more simple procedure. 
Bob just flat out got it. This is a, I'm not as uptight as Crowley. Let's just switch on this. Uh, 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 I, I can get my consciousness uh, 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 to the level that, that took Abermillan uh, uh, 12 weeks to get. I could just pop that this evening right. <laughs> and have my set setting uh, uh, thing going for me and, and do it that way. So I'm not denigrating the, uh, any magician's desire as a, as a magical art form to uh, submit yourself to the Abramelin operation or Crowley's Libra-Samic operation. Not at all. If that's your sense of art, you're getting behind it. But it's really, really, ultimately, so simple that it's hard. And most people that achieve what could be labeled as the knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel have never heard of magic. Mm -hmm. Never even heard that there is a name for this new level of consciousness that they've achieved. And they don't need to. <laughs> they, they don't, they just don't need to. But after you've achieved that level of, of uh, consciousness, it's not an event that takes place in linear space-time as we think of it. Levels of consciousness are eternal moments. So uh, it's almost like once you've got it, there's no way you could ever not have it. Okay? Because it's, a, it's, it's a, uh, a moment that is taking place in eternity. So it's not like, well, yesterday I got knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel, but uh, you know, today, you know, mosquitoes bite me and I get bummed out, and I, <laughs> and then I got drunk today. That's the way it feels, though, right? Yeah. Like after a peak experience, where maybe perhaps one does experience some conversation with an angelic being, you crash back in this reality, and you get upset about the same things that upset you before, you know? Yeah. And it's, but the thing is, that is still going on. It's, it's not you that crashed. It's your point of view that has, that has slipped. Okay. Uh, in magic, you've got, uh, uh, Oh, in Kabbalistic magic, you've got 10 levels of initiation corresponding to that uh, Kabbalistic tree of life. Uh, you don't, when you, when you go from 10, or 10 to 9, you'll always have that 10 also with you, okay? But the you, your platform, the real you will be in 9. And when you go from 9 to to uh, uh, to eight, I wish I had a tree of life here to show you. Mm. Still have that ten, and you still have that nine, and the, the ten goes up this path, and the nine goes up that path.
past, okay? You carry it all with you, like the in the yellow submarine, the, uh, the vacuum cleaner monster that reaches back with its trunk and sucks its own <laughs> tail up, okay? You take it all with you. So, and it's your decision, and it's your... Uh, uh, privilege or duty or curse or blessing to know that that uh, at any given moment you can identify with that new eternal moment and so the the uh, it it feels just exactly like you uh, uh, you described about, oh man, I was up there in Ramaloka, man. I, <laughs> I was just like, and today it's the same old crap, you know. Hey, same old crap, you're going to have the same old crap until you dissolve into Godhead. But it's not you that has it. The new you continues to be a new you, and it's your choices as to... Uh, uh, which of those platforms you 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 want to self-identify with? Well, that's something that's always you know fascinated me and intrigued me. Um, that was one of the things that I like about Bob's work, uh, like Prometheus Rising, especially perhaps, is that providing the metaphor of these higher circuits of which you can access. Which, according to your statement, we are that now, and that's on the map, and we can continue. That's there always. And, um, but how to get back there when not under such powerful, intense circumstances, you know, like in trying to utilize forms of self-hypnosis and maybe magic as creative visualization to invoke that state of consciousness. Is that sort of the trick to, to get back there in your everyday life? Well, I guess it, I guess it, it is the, the, the trick. First of all, the big trick is to uh, to realize and accept that time as we understand it does not exist, flat out. It's not, I was there yesterday, I'm not here today. No, there is no yesterday or today. There, there's only a nowness, and it's a nowness that you just slip, literally slip back into in the same way as you don't know when you fall from waking consciousness to dream consciousness. You're not aware of it happening because you are taking yourself with you, okay? When you slip into a dream consciousness, and this, I'm just using this as an example, not, not a technical parallel, but all of a sudden you're just there. One moment you're you're asleep or you're awake looking at the ceiling and all of a sudden you are right in the middle of a, of a dream sequence of some kind. You don't even think, where did I come from? You're just there. Okay. It's as slipping from one level of consciousness to another is that simple, so simple that that uh, uh, 
the part of you that would realize that it is happening is too gross of a of a consciousness machine to register that it has happened. Does that does that make sense? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so the the relinquishing that binding point of view of, of uh, linear space-time uh, helps, okay, <laughs> helps you to, to uh, uh, realize that the place you're going, the place that you want to go, the place that you think you've been is not a place you go or are or or uh, uh, have been. It's where you are now, which is Bob tried to say it. <laughs> you know, it's where you're standing right now, okay, and um, that is uh, the mysticalness of of magic that uh, uh, many people who are initially attracted to magic uh, uh, have, have difficulty with. So. Right. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, in that, I guess, the two paths of, of magic, the, the magic of, you know, mystically identifying with the Godhead and gaining that true knowledge of self, if you will, and then the magic that is about gaining things in this uh, time and space. Um, get the technical terms. It's like thergic and thermergic uh, magics. Uh, but it, in that in that respect, right? Like, um, so you have the knowledge and conversation with the holy guardian angel to, to get your mind right, yeah, and then um, like in your own work, um, you you uh, were an intrepid traveler in, in the magical realm, and against your mentor and teacher's warning, you you dove right in and worked with the Goetia uh, in in a tough financial moment, and and it worked, uh, but at a cost, as you said. Like, um, and uh, like I'm just I'm really curious about that, you know, in terms of you know, working, we're speaking about angels and now we speak about demons real quick, how the demons can get you shit, right? <laughs> like, can, can you can you break that down a little bit? Well, uh, first of all, there, there is no uh, shortage of shit to get, <laughs> okay? There's, there's, uh, there's an infinity of shit to get. So it's not like shit is being kept from us, okay? And uh, the, the demons, uh, Goishi uh, spirits have been called uh, demons just because uh, uh, they've had such a bad rap uh, from religious uh, points of view and, and uh, institutions, 
that uh, uh, look down upon anything material or look down on any any kind of uh, uh, things that they would call low. But the, the, the big metaphor is, is King Solomon, okay? Man of God, working for God, working directly for God. And first thing God tells him how to do is whip up demons to do some constructive work for him, okay? They're not bad, okay? Uh, but if they're not under control, uh, they behave in s such ways that uh, uh, are uncomfortable in the same way that heavy machinery, earth movers and bulldozers and <laughs> backhoes and things like that are just very wonderful constructive uh, uh, things. But if you, if you leave the key on and leave them in gear and jump off the bulldozer and let it just run through town all, all night it's going to flatten the town and that seems evil okay uh, so the uh, the idea is that uh, goetic spirits have been used because they do the heavy lifting in the universe and the magician who is motivated by uh un i guess unworthy i don't want to uh cast moral aspersions but lack of a better word a magician motivated by unworthy motives a magician motivated by by uh 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 desires and intentions that aren't really in harmony with the magician's own best interests, trying to trigger these same, same uh, uh, influences are going to backfire on him or her or it or whatever. Uh, and so that appears to be well, oh, no way, I know a bunch of magicians, they got into Goetia and they went crazy. They were crazy before they started, okay? Okay, <laughs> it, it, just made, it just made them more colorfully crazy. Okay. Um, the idea is we all have potential talents, gifts, if you will, powers. We've, we've got tons of them that we're wasting, that we're not using, that we're not focusing, that we're not channeling into, into helpful directions. All of us. We've got a whole menagerie of them. Well, you could just say, well, we've got 72 of them, okay? Right. And, and uh, some of them we've already got under control. Some of them are just doing fine. Yeah, I got a roof over my head tonight. I got that guy under con <laughs> under control, sort of. Okay. Mm. Yes, I've got a full belly today. I got that guy under control. But there's a whole lot of guys that you don't have under control that could be under control. And they're 
all officially working for you. And most of them are just running amok, unsupervised, just expending their, their wild, blind forces along lines of least resistance in the circuitry of, of, of your life. And when they're under control, they're under control. And they're working for you. You're happy. Demon's happy. They're doing what they do. And as your life improves, their life improves. You're slowly turning those demons into the angels that are, that are supporting your great work. A great way that I've heard you equate it is, you know, in the psychological uh, frame, a metaphor, and that these are aspects of our, I guess, subconscious mind that, yes, could run rampant. Um, and I guess you don't even know that they're running rampant, just kind of like, you know, running in the background or something like that. Like, have you done then over the years, it seems like you have like a number of rituals then to, to work with these like specific sort of like, could I conjure uh, Asmodai and seek to put him in the circle and make him do work for me? Sure. Yes, well, of course. And uh, of course, the part of the art form of, of uh, magic, part of the science and art form of magic, is that you, part of your brain knows that they're, uh, what you're dealing with uh, are aspects of consciousness and such. But in order to actually make it work, to trigger, to trigger the mechanism that makes it work, you, at least for the time being, accept the fact that they are objective beings. Okay. You don't, you don't look at them and say, I know you're an aspect of my Ruach, you know, or you're an aspect of my Neshama uh, or my Nepish, you know, like demons. But uh, now nah, you're just making it hard on yourself. Fucking pretend. Can't you pretend? You know, it's your imagination. It's the most powerful force that a magician has. Just because it's your imagination doesn't mean that it's not real. And so, of course, you can. But your Asmodee may be a totally different character than my Asmodee, even though they both may be objective characters. It's not like the um, you got 72 spirits hanging around like a pool hall in hell or something, and the phone rings, and Asmodee is for you, you know, and it comes to the, uh, you know, Gabriel's on the other end, and Lon's on the other end. Nah, you got one all yours. You got 72 of these guys all to yourself. They're all, they're all yours. If you lump them together, they're one big ganglia of, of consciousness. But maybe I've got my Asmodee less under control than you do, or vice versa, if that 
if that makes any sense at all. And of course you can. And the in classic Faustian style, the 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 more powerful, the greater the devil, the the more flattered they are to be called, and the more willing they are to come, because you're looking at them right now. It's like it, it's like people say, "Oh, it must be hard to uh, uh, invoke an archangel." or evoke an archangel, either one. No, the bigger they are, the easier they are to get, okay? Because the more universal they are. How do you get an archangel? Well, the archangel Gabriel, if you will. All you have to do is turn your nose to the west and everything between the south and the north is Gabriel. Is already there, okay? All right, I like that. <laughs> it's hard for them to push stuff around, okay? They got, they got, uh, uh, they got a whole team of uh, of uh, assistants, lesser angels, more specific angels that that work under the archangel. Uh, and, and then each of those angels has a whole bunch of little intelligences that, that work for them in their job. It's a, it's a, a fractalized pecking order, a fractalized hierarchy of, of uh, divisions and subdivisions of consciousness. And... Uh, uh, the magician's art is sort of to romanticize the this this uh, technical dissection of of uh, abstractions and say, "Oh, that's a big angel with big wings, and this is a littler angel, and he's got little he's just got." shoulder blades and and then uh, you got all sorts of these little spirits that work under them and and they have funny little faces and things but the little guys do specific things and as you're saying okay i'm going to ask raphael to send another little angel that works in this respect well if and i use this uh, analogy a lot if an archangel, there's four great archangels in, in Kabbalistic uh, uh, magic, uh, and uh, they would they would really roughly correspond to the four uh, great forces of nature, uh, you know, uh, electromagnetic force, the uh, uh, strong force, weak force, uh, gravity. So gravity would be Earth, the Earth thing. So gravity is a great archangel and, and has universal influence all through the cosmos. The influence of gravity is everywhere until you get subatomic particles and stuff like that. But, uh, but specific gravitational duties like what 
what makes mass uh, influential with the, uh, gravity in relationship to mass would be taken care of by a, the, an, an angel working for gravity. And then there would be smaller spirits of gravity that, that uh, uh, would be responsible for a pencil sliding off of a, off of a table. So that would be uh, 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 roll AL. Gravity <laughs> AL would be the big archangel. And then there's roll AL and there's drop AL. And uh, for uh, working in conjunction with uh, liquids or water, that would be drip AL. Or, okay, mm -hmm. splat AL. Plummet AL, okay, more specific, more specific, more specific. But when you're doing it in a ceremonial way, what you're doing is using your own equipment, your own uh, spiritual equipment to funnel that gravitational force down to something specific more specific, more specific, more specific, and you want that guy to do a specific job for you. And he'll do it because you have properly channeled from the general to the specific. Let's say you live near Camp Pendleton Marine Base, but you really would like... Uh, uh, a, a small company of, uh, of soldiers to dig a ditch for you, okay? And let's say you're not in the military, uh, so you have to uh, uh, go to the general first and say, look, hey, Mr. General, I've got a specific job i got to do. I'm, my property is adjacent to yours. I would like... I would like one of your soldiers to come dig, dig a ditch for me this afternoon. Well, the general's not going to dig a ditch for you, but the general would say, okay, I'll get it done for you. The general calls a captain. Captain calls, a, I don't know what the pecking order is. Captain calls a lieutenant. <laughs> lieutenant calls a uh, sergeant. Sergeant calls a private and the private digs a ditch for you. But that private wasn't gonna do a damn thing for you unless the sergeant told him, unless the lieutenant told him, unless the captain told him, unless the general told the captain. That's, that's the, the, the theory behind uh, uh, hierarchical Kabbalistic angel, angel magic. And if you wanna start casting moral aspersions on things, the guy that actually digs a ditch for you is a demon. Got it. Mm -hmm. And for that afternoon, he did the right thing for you. And they, so in order to get the demon to do the work, you have to hit up the, the archangel first, in other words. You got to prove that well, yeah, in that analogy, yes. Right. 
but you've got to prove that you're working for the the supreme singularity of the universe, which is why uh, the analogy of, of King Solomon is so perfect for a magician. King Solomon didn't try to get a bunch of di ditch diggers to build the, the Temple of Solomon. King Solomon, as, as is actually stated, entered into the presence of the singularity. King Solomon went straight to God and said, I can't figure out how to dig this ditch. <laughs> I can't, I can't figure out how to build this. Thing. I just, you know, I just inherited this job. I want to build a miniature functional working model of the cosmos. And I don't have the, the brains to do that. And I don't have the, the strength to do that. I need to figure out how to do that. Okay. And only you have the game plan that could pull that off. So I'm just throwing myself open. I just want to know how to work for you. And I guess that impressed the Supreme Deity so much. They said, nobody ever asked me anything that cool before, you know. <laughs> you got it, kid. Not only that, but uh, here's the... Here's the phone number of the demon union. You know, <laughs> it's yours. Tell them you're working for me. And that's exactly what a, a magician does before they they uh, uh, do any kind of a ceremony. They do the invocation first. The deity, the general, has to be contacted first. Not only contacted, but invited in okay, invocation of the deity so that when the spirit looks at you they're looking at the face of the deity and not your smiling little little face in the robe <laughs> mm. in the in the circle okay when they're looking at you they're looking at god mm. and you have to be able to bamboozle yourself into feeling that's what you're doing or else you'll never be able to bamboozle the, the spirit. So you can see how even an exercise like that for uh, a, a common uh, uh, duty or, 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 or just sort of a, I want such and such to happen on a material. Even that exercise becomes an exercise of attunement of the highest order. In other words, to do magic that low, you have to be a magician that's that high. And each and every time you practice that, at the very least, you're oiling up your own machinery uh, uh, to do that. Can you see how that, that would be a, a very wholesome, a very practical, uh, healthy uh, spiritual exercise? Mm. I love it. To talk to demons, you have to talk to angels first. Yeah, right. 
and and know your own place in the angelic hierarchy. It's like, hey, I'm one of you guys too. I work for him, you work for me. All right, there it is, folks. There you have it. The interview with the great Lon Milo Duquette. Wow, wasn't that nice, man? What a what a what a living treasure this guy is, man. So much magical information, so much just just good information to have in life in general. A true sage, you know? So hey, if you want to know more or learn more about Lon Milo, uh, he's keeping a constant vi- vigil at his uh, YouTube channel. It's called uh, Arcanium Lu- Luminarium. I'll spell that for you. It's uh, A-R-C-A-N-U-M-L-U-M-I-N-A-R-I-U-M. Arcanum Luminarium. Uh, that's his uh, YouTube channel. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. I know that every day he's uh, making some really cool uh, uh, vlogs, uh, posting some really great tidbits of uh, uh, magical knowledge and information that if you are on the path, it's good to have. And uh, also, be sure to check out my website, uh, chapelperilous.us, for upcoming uh, for updates on my upcoming book, Chapel Perilous, The Life and Thought Crimes of Robert Anton Wilson. Uh, I put up a lot of uh, new information, old information, uh, newly found information about the life and work of Robert Anton Wilson, and I provide some commentary. So for all you bobheads out there, check out chapelperilous.us. And uh, that's it. I hope you guys, uh, again, are doing great. I hope the day and the night hits you well. And uh, remember to uh, stay strong. All right, I'm propping on. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>